Welcome, welcome. I'm Jan Goldstein. This is all that matters. Here we are on the last day of this year of 2020. And I have been thinking so much about the challenges of this year, and particularly um, looking at the parents and grandparents and teachers and so many who've been dealing with kids. Because let's face it, kids have had a tough, tough year. Kids in school, little kids uh, trying to make sense of this whole crazy world. And I thought, well, if we adults have a hard time, think all the more so about them. And um, I, I, I can't help but think I saw this morning on on uh, a film clip a uh, picture of kids. You remember when we were under lockdown back in in uh, March, April, was it? And then kids, many kids are separated, you know, and trying to communicate across, you know, Zoom or whatever. But there were pictures of little kids who finally got to see each other after several weeks being, you know, cooped up and, you know, with masks and whatever, but they were beginning to form, you know, bubbles. And you saw these little friends getting together, holding hands or throwing their arms around each other. They were so happy to see each other. Um, But it made all the more the impact of, sort of reframing this whole year in terms of not only how challenging it's been and particularly for many adults dealing with kids, parents particularly, but also I'm always trying to reframe. You'll find on this, on this show that on this podcast, I'm always trying to reframe if we look at something a little differently. And I, I've been looking at, you know, really the, the blessings of parenting um, at this time and grandparenting and teaching, uh, even with all the struggles. Um, and when I think about parenting, you know, uh, Paul Reiser, the comedian said, having a baby drag, drag me kicking and screaming from the world of self-absorption. And that's true. When, when we become parents, it's hard to be self-absorbed after that. And, um, and I do think about the fact that how much I miss the voices of, you know, driving by, a, hearing children on a playground. Makes me think back to my own kids. And I have to say, taking stock of it at this day, that raising children to adulthood, I just want us to pause and say, that is an accomplishment enough for one life, I think guiding them through the shoals of childhood and adolescence and the teen years and into early adulthood. I mean, that ought to qualify parents for divine dispensation. At the very least, ought to allow us to skip go, collect $200, and acquire property on the boardwalk without having to pay taxes, don't you think? I mean, my hat is off to parents who do it and who, in the case of many, do it really rather well. The fact that I raised three children for a number of years as a single dad, that whole idea blows my mind. I mean, really, I remember lying awake and wondering, how did I ever manage that? Actually, a lot of the time it managed me, but who's quibbling? In the early 1980s, I I didn't know any other dad who had primary custody of his children. I knew plenty of divorced families. I think there was a run on divorce back then. 
maybe I was simply more attuned to it. But when I found myself in the midst of these statistics, nevertheless, for a good part of my kids' elementary, junior high, and high school years, it was often me and the other single moms at the ball games and dance lessons and doctor's offices. I could easily have felt sorry for myself, but when it reached midnight and I was doing laundry for my daughter so she could wear the right blouse for the student assembly or so my son's uniform would be ready for tomorrow's game, yeah, I could have felt sorry for myself. So could a lot of you in similar situations, but I wondered how on earth I was going to manage to attend simultaneously scheduled ball games for two of my kids, getting the third to dance lessons, and putting in an appearance back at work at the school project meeting I was spearheading. And truth be told, the overwhelming part wasn't logistics. It was spiritual. I hungered for guarantees that my kids knew that through all of this, they were loved completely, unconditionally, that they had an ample supply of belief in themselves. That's what I prayed for. And I prayed constantly that the inner scar of a divorce would heal and that as a family, we could transform pain to possibilities. I was always aware of what Carl Jung said, that children are educated by what the grown-up is and not by his or her talk. I had to be. Each of us has to be in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of these challenges. Children are watching us. As Sondheim says, children will listen. As Frederick Douglass used to say, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Parents have a duty to raise strong, healthy children who believe in themselves. And taking stock of this entire year, those of you out there who've been part of parenting, grandparenting, uncle and auntie, teaching, all of you, my hat is off because it is a crucial role to play, especially now. So when I got to be the primary custody parent of my kids and back then and and I by the way learned to cook some fairly tasty dishes but I cared less about the menu and more about the recipe of affirmation for each of my children and me and I know that's true for you you have to think not only of your children or your grandchildren or your students or your nephews and nieces but you have to think also of you It begins with you, and you have to have an affirmation within you so that you can be, so that they can see. Through it all back then, rather than concentrating on what many of my married and single without children friends saw as my Herculean task, I came to know that I was the lucky one. I got to see my kids grow and develop and I got to tickle their backs at night and to break up the inevitable skirmishes and to host sleepovers complete with morning scrambled eggs and bagels and I could whip up that breakfast with the best of them. So as for band-aid moments and late night blues, like many parents, I earned my stripes. 
Only now, afterwards, when my children, those three children were grown and two of them were married with newborn children of their own, at that point, only then could I stand back and better view the art of it all. And oh yes, parenting is an art. We paint with our love and our values across the canvas of our children's souls. And there are consequences in the colors we use. The stroke of our brush. The care with which we prepare and execute our vision. We are the lucky ones. Parents and artists. So, when I met Bonnie years back, I knew it would be a wondrous thing to raise a child with her to not have to do it alone, particularly during their teen years, but but to share the experience from beginning to end, that we could do it together, sharing the art. And people back then thought I needed my head examined, about to have another kid. And perhaps I did, but I believed in us. I believe in what we were doing, and I still do. And so after having become a granddad twice over with an energetic stepson now, Ari, in tow, Bonnie and I welcomed our little girl, Shira. And it seems to me that in choosing to do that, to step boldly into the sacred circle of life again, that I had met my younger self along the way. And I want us to think about that because it follows that choices we make along life's path today can reacquaint us with choices we've made years before in a most life-affirming way. Yes, I got to start back at the beginning. I got to begin raising Shira. And along the way, relearned lessons I had learned earlier That sticks and stones will break our bones, but words will break our hearts. Robert Fulgham observed that. And I got to see how words could break the hearts of children in raising my kids. I got to see how the way others talk to them sometimes could hurt them and the power of words and to teach them about the power of words. And this past year, 2020, we got to see a lot about the power of words, how hate speech can break hearts and communities and culture and society and how healing speech can uplift, can affirm, can inspire. We can commit to more of that as parents and grandparents, as teachers and uncles and aunts, as human beings. That's the possibility we get in the art of living. So just like in Monopoly, I got another turn in getting to start over with parenting. And I was back then and I am today filled with gratitude for my older children, Yafa, Batsheva, and Elisha, for helping to train me You see, they were the ones who taught me to believe in myself as a parent. And later, together with this, being a stepdad to Ari and being a father to Shira, 
I got to do it again. What will you get to do again in the coming year? What will you get to reach out and look for? What will you get to reaffirm? Because stepping into my role of father anew, I got to pursue the art all over again. This is the coming year of art. The art you will fashion of your own life. Because Emerson said, what lies behind you and what lies in front of you pales in comparison to what lies inside of you. Life is coming back anew. Oh yes, it's coming around again. Ready, set, go. Until next year, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is all that matters.